Good morning. Welcome to First General Baptist Church this morning. Welcome to all you watching online. Uh, join us as we worship this morning. Let's stand as we sing. in 
thank you for this day and thank you for who you are and how great you are in Jesus name we pray amen oh I've heard a thousand stories of what Deeper still in 
morning again. Welcome to the Lord's house. If you have your Bible with you, we'll turn to the book of Hebrews as we go through this book on Sundays and uh, Hebrews chapter 1. The full text will be chapter 1 verses 1 through 14. What I'd like to do is take verses 1 through 3, talk about that a little bit, and then read uh, 4 through 14. It'll be the rest of the chapter. Hebrews 1 1 through 14. The title of the message is Jesus is Better Than. And the writer of Hebrews will talk to us about several things through the book, Jesus is Better Than. Uh, Hebrews is a, a book to, uh, it was a message preached to a Hebrew Christian, which would be a Jewish Christian church in Rome. And somebody, whether the 
the man who preached it or someone else wrote the message down and thereby, therefore, we have the book of the book of Hebrews, a message preached to a Hebrew Jewish Christian church in Rome and very much uh, applicable to us as that church struggled with persecution, things going wrong because of their Christianity, they were tempted time and again to go back, go backward. And so the book of Hebrews is all about, no, we don't need to go backward. We need to keep going, going forward with Jesus. Jesus is better than, and we'll talk about several different things. Today, eventually, when we get to verse 14, Jesus is better than the angels, okay? But let's read on down to first three verses. God, who at various times and various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, that's what was in the Old Testament, he has in these last days spoken to us by his son, and we dealt with that uh, more in depth last week, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. I want to deal with a few things in those verses right there. It's, it's on your outline. There's an outline on the back side of the announcements, and we'll have most of it on the, on the screen also. But some things that are found in those verses and also in the verses that we will read, but primarily in those first three ver verses, Jesus is. Uh, there, are, there are six things. We'll put three things on the screen and then three more. Jesus is, by inheritance, the owner of everything. Everything is his. He is the creator of everything. And he is the very image of what God is. In the Gospels, I believe it was Thomas, maybe. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He's the very image of what God is. And then number four through six. He, we just read that he's the creator of everything. He's also the sustainer of everything. And it's one thing to create, it's more to keep it going once created. The savior of everyone who will receive him and his saving work was finished on the cross. This, uh, especially the part about creation and sustaining, we've got a real short video clip that we're gonna show. Uh, I'll introduce it just, just a little bit. It will start out showing a person at, uh, Google, at Google headquarters in California. It'd just be a picture of that person. And then from that person, it will, it will zoom out. I'm, I know a lot of you have seen this before, but some of you have not. And from that person, the camera will zoom out, and it will show the galaxies, okay? And so it, and it's going to do that really fast, all right? But I just want you, I want to, I'm going to call it from person to the planets, from that person to the to the planets, and and I don't know if you've ever thought about this or seen this or read about this much about how huge our galaxy is, but yet in comparison, how small it is. Because, uh, uh, well, I'll talk a little bit more about that. Are we ready to do that? Okay, lights are going to go off just a second, and uh, here here we go. 
we lost track, if you were watching that, we lost track of the galaxy that we are in because of all the other, all the other galaxies around us. Uh, Stephen Hawking said that there are, that we know of, that we know of, there are 100,000 million galaxies. Okay, we're just one. In each of the galaxies, there are at least 100,000 million stars. Our sun is one star. It is, uh, if you can wrap your head around that, you have a bigger head than I've got, okay? It's uh, mind-blowing that we, I know we, I don't, I don't know, I would say we, I sometimes get the feeling that, you know, our earth is so big and, and our galaxy is, is so big, but it's, it's not. It isn't. And the creator and the sustainer, God sees all of that. Jesus sees all that because he created all of that. And by inheritance and by creation, it's all his. Now, it was from the person to the planet. And we didn't, you know, the picture started out with one person on at the uh, Google head Google headquarters all right but it's the amazing thing of that one person when you look at the comparison of how the how the camera zoomed out she was just it's like a such an insignificant uh, just dot of the pen somewhere on a very small earth in a very small galaxy but yet God knows her he created her and every part of her and every part, all the complexity of just who we are and the, the amazing thing that we can breathe and survive on the planet that we're on. Uh, most of you know this, that, that you know, the earth spins at just the right amount, just the right speed. It's tilted just the right way. Tilt a little bit less, a little bit more, we all die. Spin just a little bit faster, a little bit slower, and we all die. Everything, everything is just down to the minutest uh, portion of survival. It has to be exactly the way it is, or we cannot live. And some people actually believe that's by accident. Now, it takes more faith to believe that all that you just saw and all that you are is by accident than it does to believe that there is a God, a loving God, who is behind it all, and he not only created it all, but it was that part of the verse that kind of captured me, the sustaining part. It's not just there, there are some uh, perpetual, perpetual motion machines and, you know, you start it, and it, it just keeps going. But that's not what the earth is, and that's not what you are. Uh, I never forget there was a, was watching a show, and the doctor on the show, the surgeon on the sh show said, uh, we know uh, how a heart beats. We know how a heart works. And we know why, we know how it pumps blood through your system. We know how the system works, but the surgeon, the doctor said, what we can't figure out is why. Why does your heart 
beat. Every, I, I'm convinced of this myself. Every beat, every breath, Jesus is giving you. He's giving you. You are always one heartbeat away. Always. How, how close is Jesus? One heartbeat. One heartbeat. One heartbeat. However fast your heart beats. My wife's is really slow. Mine beats twice. She's barely alive. Mine, mine beats twice that fast. And I don't want it any other way. Well, it's going to be interesting at lunch today, isn't it? Okay. Let's go on. Uh, verse 4 through 14. But that also means, doesn't it, that she's going to live about 25 years more than I am. So, Jesus is better than, if you're looking at your outline, Jesus is better than the angels. And that's what the rest of this is. There's a reason that the writer, the speaker, puts this in here. And we'll get into that. So, here, here we go. The rest of the chapter. Having become so much more better than the angels, Jesus as he has by inheritance attained a more excellent name than they. For to which of the angels did he ever say? Now, let me make a note here. My Bible's this way. Don't know if yours is. Don't know what your iPad or your phone does. But mine uh, will have Old Testament quotes in italics. And I've got a lot of those. So a, a lot of what the speaker has to say here are Old Testament quotes. Okay, so every italic verse in mine is an Old Testament quote. And I'm not going to go in. I'm not going to explain all, all of that. He's just simply, just simply quoting from Old Testament scriptures. For to which of the angels did he ever say, you are my son, today I have begotten you. And again, I will be to him a father, and he will be to me a son. But when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, let all the angels of God worship him. And of the angels, he says, who makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. So that's what angels are, right? Spirits. And they are ministers. They do what God says. This is where you go. This is what you do. It's what you say. They're spirits. But to the Son, he says, your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is a scepter of your kingdom. And you have loved righteousness and hated lawlessness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. And you, Lord, in the beginning laid the foundation of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish. Let me put it this way. The heavens, what you just saw on that clip, they will perish. Uh, they will perish, but you remain. They will all grow old like a garment. Like a cloak, you will fold them up, and they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will not fail. But to which of the angels has he ever said, Sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool? Now, if you write in your Bible, uh, do this for me and help remind me, verse uh, 13 the word sit, when we get to verse ten, uh, chapter 10, I want you to remind me of that verse. Okay, and we'll deal with that again in chapter 10. So, 
sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. To the, about the angels, he says in verse 14, are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? That's what angels are. They are, they are ministering spirits. Gabriel, I want you to go here and say this. Michael, I want you to go here and say that and do this. This is what angels do for God. Now, that preacher in that day, speaking to that uh, Jewish Hebrew Christian church, he knew, he knew his congregation. And what was happening then and has happened in uh, some church history since then is almost a, an angel worship thing where angels become more important, where angels are what everybody talks about, where, that, what, where angels are what everybody thinks about because they certainly do have a job and they had a very powerful, influential uh, spot all through scriptures. Angels are important. But what was going on, I'm convinced, in that church in that day was it, they had become too important. They had become, I don't know, the buzzword. They had almost become angel worship. Now, that's not our problem here. All right. In this day and time, I know, I mean, every, every pastor's got to know his church. Okay. If I had, if, if you asked me, is angel worship a problem at your church? I'd say, no, it isn't. What we're doing is we're using an example of what was going on at a certain church at a, at a certain time and how it was dealt with. And the answer was Jesus is better than that. Jesus is more important than that. And, and, and angels have their place. Angels are good. Angels are great. But it's not Jesus. Okay? It's not. They're not Jesus. So if you're looking at your outline Here's our, here's, will always be the case. The best is not always replaced by the worst, but more gradually by the good. This is our problem. Now, we're going to, I want you and I'm trying to pinpoint, okay, it's not angel worship. Not now. Now, there, there have been several times throughout church history where it was angel worship, was the problem. And I'm not... There's no way to know, but I'm convinced it'll happen again where angels will become the thing. But it's not now, not right now, not this day. But the best is not always replaced by the worst, but more gradually by the good. And that's what we do. We replace Jesus, not with the evil. Here's the thing. You got to know your crowd. There's no doubt in my mind that most of you in this room are not tempted. Your struggle is really not with the worst, with the overtly e evil. That really isn't, that isn't really what you, what you struggle with. A few, few years ago, uh, we would ask a lot of people, it seemed like we had several p people come and speak to our youth group about drugs. Okay, don't do drugs. And I don't know, maybe once, once twice a year, someone would come in, special, special speaker. They, they were always good, but it was always don't, don't do drugs. Well, the, uh, 
the youth leader we had at the time, me and him got together and we talked about it. He said, hey, you know what? The next speaker we have, let's not talk about drugs. Why? Because I, I might have been naive, but the youth group we had at that time, drugs was not our problem. It just, it just wasn't. I'm, I, I couldn't name you anybody in the youth group at that time who used drugs. And so it felt like we were just... I didn't know why we were doing that, to have somebody come in and talk about a problem that we weren't, that we didn't have. And we, uh, so, the worst, it's, it's not always the worst. In fact, it, for this group, this day, in this place, tempted by the worst is probably not really your problem. It's probably something good. It's probably something good that is trying to take the place of Jesus. And I want you to think about that. I'm going to just mention two things. Sometimes church does. Sometimes church does. Hey, I'll be the first one in the room to raise my hand. It's church, church is good. You know, I want you to come to church. You know, church, church is good. But if we're not careful, and I've, and I've, I listen and I've detected that sometimes what we're doing is we're sharing church instead of sharing Jesus. And I don't really know why we do that other than I do know that the best is not always replaced by the worst, but often more gradually by the good. It's the good that sneaks in there to take the place of the best. It's the good that sneaks in to take the place of Jesus. So... Uh, I'm, hey, I'm all for church, but if we're not careful, it becomes the thing. Come to church. When maybe what we ought to be saying is come to Jesus. Come to church and listen to our, listen to our band. Come to our Sunday school. You know, hey, all that's good. That's real good. But it's not Jesus. And gradually... In a weird sort of way, those good things slip in. Our family can be that. It's a good thing. And we talk about, preach about, teach about the family all the time. But if we're not careful before long, that really good thing, the family, how I love them and, and time I uh, spend with them and the amount that I you know deal with them and just my love for them and and all, that's, all that is so good. All of that is so good. In fact, I spend a lot of time trying to make it more good. You know, I don't want it to be worse. But it's not Jesus. They are not Jesus. You are not Jesus to me. So... I'm going to put this question, it's on the outline, we're going to put this on the screen. So Jesus is better than. Now, I mentioned just two things because I've, when I was thinking about preaching this, I thought, you know, I could spend all morning long just going over lists of good things. And I don't know what it might be for you. For, for me, honestly, those two things could very well, sometimes the church gets to be, for me, more important. Sometimes the family, for, for me, gets to be more important because, hey, for me, those are two of the best things for me 
But I don't know what it might be for you. So Jesus is better than, okay, what's in the blank? The next best thing for you. For men, for men, often it's their career. That's the way we are. For men, often it's their career. And whatever I put in the blank, I'm not putting bad things. I'm not putting evil things. Because honestly, I just don't wrestle with them all that much. But I wrestle with the good things becoming the best thing. But it's not. I wrestle with the good thing becoming the best thing. What I'm going to ask you to do is leave church today, and you already know the truth. Jesus is the best thing. Jesus is the best thing. And what I want you to do is leave church today with that deep down in your heart. Jesus is the best thing. I love all of you. I love all of those good things that you can put in that blank. And you do too. You love all those good things. that you. It's not wrong to love a good thing. But don't let that good thing take Jesus' place. So in your heart, in your life, in your practice, in your spiritual life, in every part of you, it's leaving the Lord's house today with this intention. I'm walking out of here, and I'm convinced in my life that Jesus is the best thing, and I'm going to put him back in the place that he deserves to be. I'm going to end it by just simply saying this. Uh, Grady, are you doing invitation today? Grady's doing the doing the music come on up I'm going to end it by reminding you that I don't care who you are uh, what's going on how old you are eventually you're going to come to a place in life we all will where the only thing that's left is Jesus there's going to be this, this the most important point in your life when you're going to, that point where this life ends, that heartbeat ends, and eternal life with Jesus be, begins there. There's going to be this time where no matter who you are or what, Jesus is going to be all that you have left. The only thing you have left is going to be him. So let's live that way until we get there. I'm going to ask you to stand, and we're going to pray. If you need to come and just talk to Jesus about some things, if you need to come, this is just between you and him. It doesn't have anything to do with anyone else. If you just need to come to a chair, you can stand, sit, or kneel. If you need to come to a chair and just talk to Jesus about anything, about whatever, whatever it, it is, just make sure that things are right between Jesus and you. While Grady plays and sings, we invite you to come to a chair if you want to and pray.
And when I am alone, yes, when I am alone, and when I am alone, give me Jesus, give me Jesus, give me Jesus. can have all this world just give me Jesus And when I come to die, yes, when I come to die, and when I come to die, give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. You can have all this world. You can have all this world. You can have all this world. Just give me Jesus. 